had put it back to the best of their ability with the bubble wrap, but I could obviously tell that it had been tampered with. It's so weird. I don't even know. I don't. Just to the FBI, if you're listening, I do not send secret correspondences. I do not. Everything's pretty much open. I know you can read all my email, Proton Mail, and all that stuff. I'm not operating some kind of secret, uh, you know, society or intelligence or or well, well they're gonna know any. They're gonna know anyway. I mean, it's gotten to the point now that you and I could probably meet in a field with no electronics whatsoever if they really wanted to listen in. They could, right? Probably, so, yeah. no, no, no. so um, you know, the reason why I wanted to bring you on, and I know you've done numerous excellent interviews. You've also done documentaries on the Smiley Face Killers as well, too. Um, and, you know, and this is one of your main topics of research just as much as uh, the West Memphis Three or, or Aleister Crowley, for example, okay? Uh, or um, the Order of the Nine Angles, which I might have a few questions at the end if there's any connections or whatever. Um, but anyway, um, so... <sighs> I know you talked about in the book, you opened up that uh, kind of giving a brief overview of how you you know, first heard the case on Coast to Coast AM uh, and how you found it very peculiar uh, when you were you know, listening to the details uh, of, I think it was Epon- Eponymous Rec- uh, uh, Rocks, right, yeah. was, was covering it, um, and uh, how that kind of intrigued you into looking into it uh, yourself. Can you, uh, you know, talk to the audience about that? Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of doing my own research. A lot of my books come out of research on other topics. So, like, I was researching 9-11. That led to my Aleister Crowley book. And then Aleister Crowley led to West Memphis 3. And then I was researching uh, Children of the Beast. It was during that time that I just kept seeing the smiley face, and I've seen it in the culture. It's even more common now. Yeah. I just saw some woman wearing a shirt with a huge smiley face. But I kept seeing this kind of pop up, and it just kind of came into my, you know, the front of my consciousness I remember the story about the smiley face killers. I remember from coast to coast. And so I was like, is there anything, is there a connection between this kind of cultural use of the smiley face and this kind of rumor, which I thought was like an urban myth. I didn't really even think that this was a phenomenon that was real. It was almost like I had it in my mind compartmentalized in with the Loch Ness monster and Bigfoot. Right. So like smiley face is involved in that. There's no way somebody's going out and doing this. So then it just I just kept seeing this around. I saw it with a lot of important figures, cultural figures, really, from the occultist side, Alan Moore, Genesis P. Orge, and Acid House, like uh Watchmen with Alan Moore, you know, right? Pardon me? The Watchmen with Alan Moore. Watchmen, right? correct, correct, correct. So uh, so I didn't really put it together, but you know, and then I just kept seeing stuff. I remember the scene from Fight Club where they're like involved in chaos and putting in smiley faces. And there's a lot I found out there's a lot more smiley faces in there in that book and there's interesting ties into kind of transgressive literature of chuck palinick mm-hmm. whole another story mm-hmm. but also kind of included we definitely um, should do but, a show on chuck palinick i've read a majority no of his question. books i used to be a fan of his books mm-hmm. before i was born again and now i'm like there's some definitely demonic stuff in his writing for sure no doubt about very it. dark yeah he knows a lot he's a very skilled occultist in my opinion like he, he's probably in it initiated in one form or another so that's kind of like was it was just kind of seeing it but in dark like seeing the use of the smiley face there's obviously the kid stuff like it's a happy symbol but also in the dark context like why is it involved in this why is this here and this kind of underground stuff and fight club is also kind of like an initiatory tale it's also a secret society tale right even fight club or project mayhem is, is really you have to kind of get into the he actually made it a monastic order 
So, uh, so that kind of led me to start researching and I was on Facebook at the time and social media and just, uh, there was a Facebook group that was active in the smiley face killers. I think it's still there. I'm off Facebook now. Just like, just can't stand to be on there, but I don't, I just got tired of being censored or like somebody nanny stating me, but anyway, so I was on there met up and then I kind of linked up with Jim Smith. who was still like, I still can contact him and talk to him all the time. To me, he's the most important smiley face killer researcher because that's kind of his wheelhouse. That's what he's just is his research. He's not kind of spending time doing other stuff. So he's really categorizing the cases. His case list is much longer than mine. But that linking up to me was very important because I couldn't really get in touch with Gannon and Gilbertson, who are the original guys. And so, you know, so that was kind of it. And then through those, looking through those older cases, I got a copy of Case Studies in Forensic Drownings, which is written by Gannon and Gilbertson. Highly recommend people check that out. Only has 14 cases in it, though, but it's very well researched from kind of an academic criminal criminologist perspective, with both of them having kind of a law enforcement background or a criminology background. So that was it. I read that. And then like the first case that I that really kind of snapped it to it to me and made it much more real was a case that I followed from the beginning to end. And they all follow the same pattern. Young man out at night, always at night, a bar with friends, mysteriously disappears, huge search, a lot of local media coverage. The family gets involved. It's out of the ordinary and then found in water later. And so that that case that I followed was Joey Labute. Mm -hmm. um, he was out at the Short North, which is kind of like, the, you know, every downtown maybe has its party street or like late night bar street. That seems to be their kind of place in Columbus, Ohio. It was over the Arnold Schwarzenegger weekend where a lot of people fly in for this uh, body weightlifting competition or expose or whatever. But he was uh, Joey Labute, disappeared young guy, 21, 22, fit this exact profile, skinny. Almost none of the victims, of all the victims that I've looked at who are male, there's almost nobody who's like overweight or fat, yeah. which is, uh, I think is a very important data point. I think he was, did uh, Joey Labute was missing for 19 days, found in the Scioto River, S-C-I-O-T-O -O River, in a kind of place where it was kind of like an eddy, like, you know, there's the main river. Sometimes there's an offside lagoon. Well, he was kind of in that. So it's not a rushing river. Like, why are you in this body of water that isn't moving where if you fell into it, you pop out of it? So <clears throat> there's a lot. I had a lot of video on that. I really followed that one in depth. And that was really kind of where the turning point happened. And then I just started watching case after case after case. So I think I've watched 20, 30, 40 cases of these young, just from just having an internet connection of these young men disappearing later to be found. And almost like you can almost just from the kind of uh, memory and all the, the information that I've collected, I can almost tell if this person is going to be found in water just based upon the fact pattern of when they disappeared. Like I said earlier, late at night, change of character sometimes, like only had two drinks. They fit the profile of the victim. I can say like, oh, wow, that's a lot. I mean, they're going to end up in water. And and Jim Smith can do it too, but he's seen even more cases than I have. He has a list of like 50 or 60. It's kind of a grim ledger, but uh, it really is a phenomenon that's happening. And it's kind of unfortunate that it got this kind of, you know, label the smiley face killers because there, there really is, I mean, it's 
it's strange, but there is a connection to this symbol. Like I've seen yeah. these cases that the symbol pops up. Like they just had a guy, Seamus Gray in North Chicago, kind of at the border between Illinois and Wisconsin. And that like somebody either as a as a joke or did it for real, went out to where his body was found, previously searched and put a smiley face on it. There's a things to like Zach Moore. Like there's other cases, recent cases, where it's a, it's a, it's attached to it. And I've seen, you know, there's some dark actors that use this smiley face symbol for like one of their kind of gang symbols. Like, I mean, you talk about the Latin Kings or maybe mm-hmm. some of these other kind of gangs. They do use symbols, repeat symbols that they know or words or uh, acronyms in their lexicon. So, I think that there that connection between the smiley face killers is there, but it's it's somewhat elusive because you could take that smiley face killer label away from all this and the phenomenon still happening. So the phenomenon of the younger man disappearing and it's the general age age. And I think it's because the men aren't living at home anymore, right? They're at college. So if you're living at home, maybe there's somebody overseeing you. You're obviously not drinking. <coughs> thing. Uh, like I think of it, like if you were a predator, but your prey is men, bars where people have their you know defenses down it's not during the day uh drugs are involved there's so many drugs and druggings and weird things and and i guess men have like cosby obviously his target was women he was drugging just like a like a madman for decades but there's also druggings in the kind of gay community there's ghb and i've studied a lot of those people and some of them are in the book but it's mm-hmm. like reynard sanaga jeffrey dahmer was drugging um, this guy out of uh, uh, London, Stephen Port. There was this whole group of like killers in Adelaide, which is like the fourth biggest city in Australia. Called they're known as the Family Murders down there, but it almost sits sits the same profile as the Smiley Face Killers, where somebody seems to have been abducted. They're clearly abducted, drugged. They were using like Mandax or something. I forgot what the label of it was, um, and then kept for a time. And then, the, like, the weird thing about the Adelaide killers is the thought process involved. Like, so they were clearly, it's really dark, but they were clearly held for a time. Mm. They were abused mm-hmm. and then killed and then re, then washed and redressed. Like, the cops found that they had gone, like, somebody had gone through the effort to, like, hide evidence and stuff like that. So Has, uh, was that's there, still. Was there any cases where any organs were missing? I couldn't find that. I couldn't find that. There's a lot of cases where the initial report of the police didn't divulge certain facts that should have been, I think, known to the public, like abuse of the body. So there's two cases like that that come to mind. One is the original case that I call a reference as a victim zero, who is uh, Patrick McNeil out of New York. That's the one that Gannon worked on. But that was where the autopsy came out 10 years later and was given to... Cyril Wecht, really amazing guy, probably one of the best-known public medical forensics guy. And so he said, hey, don't you guys know this guy was looks like he was set up in a chair and blowtorch and somebody hit him in the head mm. with a uh, mallet. So that is, you know, that's kind of like a one that comes to mind. And then the other one is, oh, what's his name? Which would be so different uh, than Drown, Dakota right? Jane. 
obviously there's a big right, difference right. between drowning in quote unquote shallow water and then looking like your face right. has been blowtorch and you've been smashed with a mallet or well, blunt force trauma to the head instead of your lungs showing trauma from you know inhalation of of of, of water. Um, you know, and so, right, so I mean that I mean that should be noticeable, you know. I mean I agree. Yeah, so but the, so the police have a lot of information I think they're not divulging to the public in a lot of these cases. So you're kind of like left and I have to take in the kind of time to reach out to the police in a few of these cases, it's just a total waste of time. Like they just are, there's, you might as well talk to a, uh, a brick, literally. Like yeah. it's that bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, with, uh, with Gannon and Gilbert, um, dude, and I've heard you people have asked us or discussed this, but I still, I guess for the audience, do they think that there's any, um, I guess this two part question. One, and and I also want your opinion as well. Do they think that this is a network of people committing, you know, a network of serial killers committing the serial killings? And two, do they believe that there's any occult practices or satanic uh, elements into these uh, serial killings? Because we know Kenneth Lanning, for example, kind of quote unquote deconstructed that and you know said there's nothing to satanic ritual abuse or satanic ritual killings which you and i both believe that they're very much when there's when there's smoke there's when there's a ton of smoke there's fire okay um but i what are their opinions on on these cases the first thing is i think that they believe that there's a network and there's groups doing it and they they have different information than i do and they keep their information kind of closer to the best i think which would be one of my kind of critiques of them mm -hmm. But they've seen like instances of groups going out of like somebody training another person to do these crimes. That's what they've said. Almost like, uh, you know, somebody's initiate, like I'm going to teach you how to do this. So I think that they think that there is a network and they've I think they've gone into certain things about that. They also believe there are other symbols. So I like just know the smiley face symbols. They say there's uh, they've made this public statement that they have 10 or 12 symbols associated with these types of crimes. I don't know what they are. Um, so that would indicate something kind of like of an esoteric nature of this. And as far as like the satanic thing, I don't think they've ever really come out and said that overtly. Um, do I think, I think maybe some of them are satanically or cult motivated. I mean, I've looked into the order of nine angles. Yes. Like I had a whole section on Igor Sarsky on here in his talks where like, that's a satanic group. They believe in death. And to get up in the, the ranks of this group, you kill somebody. Yep. Like you select a sacrifice, an offer, and then you make it look like it was an accident, right? So all of these cases look like they're accidents. So you can see these overlaps between their ideology and this event. I can't make that connection like views. Like all I have as far as evidence is what's in this book, but you know. The, Intuition, just, there's likely an occult basis to it, or or maybe it could be like it. governmentally organized, supposedly like the Hand of Death cult was in the serial killers, right. uh, serial killings through the 70s and, and up up to the 90s. There's right? copycats, you know, I, I think that there's probably maybe copycats, there's been copycats of serial killers, so maybe somebody's copying this stuff. There's been a couple of cases that tie into... Like a lot of the, the the weird stuff that's happening in our world today. One of the guys was the recent one in Austin was worked for Welcome Trust, hmm. which is all tied into the whole COVID nineteen thing, um, and that's just a whole other story. So he found gets found in the water. His name was John. Last name was John, 
And then there was another one, Cunningham, who worked at the CDC. He had a Harvard law degree. So like he was like a legit, legit academic who disappears and is later found in a river. You know, his remains are found in a river. And so it's like somebody, maybe somebody's doing something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, serial killer, serial killings kind of like disappear from the news, kind of like when you have Dave McGowan's program to kill theory that it got replaced with uh, active shooters. Um, in terrorism uh, events, uh, but serial killings and serial killers still exist. Um, I mean, yeah, even yeah. whether they're government sponsored or MK Ultra or not, they still exist. I mean, there's one uh, here where I live uh, that I know of in North Carolina in Lumberton that was killing um, uh, prostitutes, was killing women, um, and uh, and actually one of the women that reported it in the neighborhood on news, on news camera, uh, she was actually found dead months later stuffed into a trash can. Uh, oh, and wow. so it still exists. Uh, I mean, to say that the serial killers just stopped is, is, is in my opinion, silly. Um, now, I will say well, this. They... I, I will say this is, have you had any pushback as far as people talking about with the modern invention of cell phones and GPS tracking, for example, how do these men continue to go missing in the amounts that they are? Like, that's a good question. Any any any, any information on that, or anything that you you could think of, or any plausible theories? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that one of the commonalities is this: is their personal belongings are often found by the river. So it's like, why would they drop their phone? Like, I almost I never have my phone outside of my reach these days just as a communication tool or listen to podcasts. So, like, somebody's going out for a drink and then all of a sudden all their belongings there. If you are uh, committing these crimes, you know to get rid of the phone, right? Because that would be the tracking. And there have been cases where with weird cell phone behavior. And one was a guy who came out of TD Garden. I think it was Kettle Ring. I forgot his like Kettleman. But like he was going north and then his phone magically starts going like it was in a car pinging into South Boston. And he lived in the north, like he lived north, he was walking back from TD Garden. So why did that happen? And then there was also the case, kind of an interesting case where the guy's cell phone pinged all over the place. And it was uh, Cole Infinity, who was a really great athlete. He was like the top quarterback, B-level quarterback um, in the country at one point. But like his cell phone started pinging all over the place inexplicably and in a places where it shouldn't have, but he shouldn't have like been been there. So how does that explain? And then that's really one of the more interesting elements of my book. I mean, it's I don't think it's biblically act, you know, appropriate, but somebody remote viewed that in Europe. And the remote viewing, like there's maybe a soothsayer, but this kind of style is has very defined characteristics mm-hmm. because it's supposed to be a completely blank slate. So this guy who's supposed to be going, you know, doing this, uh, who gets the questions, has no clue about even what the case or what's going on. And so the questioning is very defined. And that under that questioning, they said that he was abducted, taken somewhere. The remote viewer said that he was in a confined space. There's water being put on his face. That's what the remote viewer said, which kind of indicates drowning in another area. And it's actually consistent. I mean, it's so strange that somebody would want to do this, but killing, uh, killing in another area or torturing in another area through like water torture and then being brought back and found in a place that was previously searched. Yeah. 
So it's like a huge mystery, but it actually ties into my original documentary, which was 2017, where I had seen this show uh, broken, you know, it was in the common culture. It was associated with Nine Inch, inch Nails. It was uh, directed by a pretty, really dark, very dark guy who used to work in morgues and dead bodies and stuff like that. Like he was such a trip, Peter Christofferson. And uh, it was directed by him, but it follows the same routine of what I thought was happening in these events. Car going out, somebody's abducted, somebody's kept in a strange place and then drowned somewhere else. And that's why that picture on the cover of the 2017 documentary has that super dark picture of a guy with like yeah. literally like tubes, uh, metal tubes in his mouth. Um, Cause that's, I think that that's really, it is a very dark underground of people with kind of occulted and occulted taste, like really dark taste. These guys like Genesis P. Orge and Peter Christopherson were into heavy duty like evil like i mean i don't know if there's any other way to explain it like you can see his band coil he was in this band with this guy john balance and like if you want to have a bad day go watch their video love secret domain it's just like how did you guys get this made how is it still on youtube yeah it's basically a music thing with a bunch of like uh underage male prostitutes so like that's and I think that that's kind of what uh, Christopherson's taste was. Was uh, he preferred men? So what about them? Uh, the Smiley K, the Smiley Face Killer esque movie, uh, where the script was written by Brett Eston Ellis, right? Um, seems seems question. kind of a seems kind of a cultic to me, right? It seems like to me that right. Brett Eston Ellis is is very much one of the in in you know uh, in guys of literature. Uh, Very know, much so. So, so you, yeah. you, got, you got any American Psycho? Yep. American Psycho? Yeah. Less than zero. Uh, on these other ones, I really, I was like, one of his books got really, you know, lambasted because he was, it was just a serial killer and like really graphic murderous stuff. It wasn't American Psycho. I think it was something else. But it is interesting that he directed that movie called The Smiley Face Killers, and actually, its conclusion is not like. It was the smiley face killer is just your standard killer. It, it's not associated with any uh, like group or anything like that. And it is interesting that that movie actually, when I put out my second documentary in 2020, I had a huge red smiley face and his movie has the almost yeah. exact same symbol. It's very strange. It's almost like he saw my second documentary. Yeah, and, and you know a there group was people there, as well too, right? In that movie, right? It's like a group of of killers. I, I think you. I think I have to watch it again. I thought I think, it was they were getting stalked, like they were college students or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there. I mean, it gets into. The, there's another movie out there that is free that looks like a documentary, and it's on YouTube, and it's had millions of views. And I should have addressed it in this book. I didn't, but it people think it's real they think they're watching real parents of the victims they're thinking but it's total fiction and it kind of like you kind of asked that elicits that same uh, additional question why is it there why is it deceiving that why is there so many views why is it being promoted um like i mean if you get into kind of like the elite perverse underground network that's where like this whole thing gets very dark is like selection of victims of hunting for victims through 
grinder or whatever the fat life or something like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. and i think that one of the vic for sure i mean maybe joey labute was selected but i think that dakota james he was pre-selected for this thing i don't think it was a random act and i'm basing that off of the research of somebody else uh nicole weisensey england egan interestingly enough wrote a great book on cosby a drugger but she wrote about the Dakota James, something that I didn't know about is that five, I think five weeks before he disappeared, later to be found dead in water 40 days later, five weeks, like he woke up, he came out of his, like, uh, being drugged and said, where am I? Somebody come pick me up. He called his girlfriend or a friend who was a girl and said, I don't know where I am. Come get me. And she went there and there was like a black limo or something like that. So it's almost like, like somebody was hunting him and, and, uh, in an odd way. That's crazy. And there's all, yeah, it's really crazy. There's a lot of really dark stuff that goes on on Grindr that doesn't really uh, come out of the the gay underworld. Maybe they don't like to talk about it or something like that, but a lot of guys get rolled. There's criminals. There's some really dark stuff. You know, so like the gay under uh, culture, it's, it's not all pastels. And, no, uh, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of drug use as well, too. Um, I mean, that's usually where, you know, where sin brings you to is, is kind of like those very dark places, uh, you know, and I guess, you know, I'd have heard people ask you this question and it's the same, you know, is this question I'm going to ask is, is we, we, why, why is it, why do you think there's not any, 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 any women or are they, they're women? Um, why do you think it seems to be primarily men? Really good question. I think for a variety of things, I think that the interest, I mean, if you look at the smiley face culture, I think it's because I think there's a gay component to it or a homosexual component. I also think that men are not as aware of themselves being targets for this type of thing. I think that they're just oblivious. I think women are very aware of, you know, what goes on at night and what can happen at bars, druggings and, you know, rapes and things like that. So that's why they travel in groups very wisely and they don't go walk home alone. A lot of these guys are walking around the middle of the night. Like, and you can do it. There's so many serial killers. You you can look at their background. They're like traveling around at night, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. Brian Koberger or whatever. He was an insomniac. He would travel around at night. Berkowitz Mm -hmm. would go hunting after his job in the middle of the night. So like all these, all this stuff happens at night. So I think that there might be cases like where, I mean, there's been cases of dudes drugging women. A lot of those, right? There's been a lot of those cases where they drug them and rape them. There was one famous guy, was he the L'Oreal heir or whatever, mm-hmm. who fled to uh, Mexico and then got caught, caught by uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter or whatever. Like that guy was a serial drugger and raper of women and he filmed it. So I think that, um, I think all in all, I think the women are much more sensible at night and watch their drinks and men aren't. And so, but I think that, Men in those instances don't see themselves as this as victims of this type of crime. I think that's really it. Do you think that there's been some sort of possible media cover up to some degree, um, which would put men more at risk unless this was known more to the public? Absolutely. I think that I think a lot I think that the authorities would not want to ever admit that a serial killing is happening in their city for whatever the financial consequences probably greater than millions, probably billions. Like, why would you send your kid to a school if there was a one in a thousand chance that they'd be drugged and, and murdered? Which is what, which is them. one of my questions is a lot of these 
um, young uh, men uh, were going to Ivy League or prestige colleges like MIT, for example, right? So would the colleges have a hand in trying to keep it quiet, the law enforcement agencies in the area? Do you think there's something to, you know, and it wasn't every case or every, um, uh, you know, y- y- young man uh, that was tragically murdered, but in, in, in enough that it seemed to be a pattern to me that many of them had uh, were going to college at very prestigious schools. Yeah, no, I think I think the colleges cover up a lot of the nasty stuff that happens there, whether it's rapes or murders or, you know, something's going on. If somebody gets expelled, sometimes they don't even mention it. But I had one guest who said it was like and I think it's very astute. It's like the observation of like the mayor in uh, the Jaws movie. Right. Mm -hmm. We got to keep the business going and stuff like that. Like, even though this is a tragic event, let's not publicize it. And there was it's actually interesting because. The most recent case, it's not even my book. It happened in Chicago. And there's now it's becoming like it used to just be white male. You could just see like this is the target. Now it's like black guys, people from India, and just happening worldwide too. Yeah, yeah. They had another one in Chicago. So I have a section of my book called the Chicago Rampage because like 10 or 15 people happened. It happened in like one year this last year. So all these people in Chicago know it. But they think it's a regional thing. They don't understand that this is nationwide or worldwide. But they had a new guy, unfortunately passed away. His name was a college student, Indian, Sumit Mahdi. That story was so weird because it just said he disappeared and then he was found dead. They didn't show, the media didn't show any of the salient details. Yeah. So you can you can look up this guy's name. Okay, he disappeared. He was a college student. He was at the the thing, he went out to go get something to eat late at night, classic MO stuff. And then if he was found dead, you have to like literally find, go uh, search really hard to find out that he was found in Lake Michigan in water. And I was like, God, this is like really Are they weird. trying to like, suppress it on purpose? It almost seems like. Yes. Yeah. To me, that's, that's totally what they're doing. So it's going to get really interesting. Yeah. Especially because after COVID, like there's, and you can read my book, the later chapters are just all the, the most recent deaths because it's been happening all over Chicago, Austin, Vancouver, TD Garden, New York City, right? The New York City boroughs. There was like three guys who came out of one bar, Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So uh, and that's also indicative that this is a phenomenon that isn't just one city at one time. You can overlap those dates and it's like, Somebody isn't traveling around like somebody's it's happening because somebody in the city's doing it. Like you, there's multiple parties, multiple people. Do you think there was anybody who was abducted and murdered before uh, McNeil? Probably. How, how far do you think it, do you think it's how far? I know this is speculation, but how far do you think this has been operating or going back? We we, we don't know. Right. We don't know. <clears throat> I think it. I think it's a phenomenon that's come out of total cultural change. I think maybe like. It's become darker. Like, I mean, if you look at the fifth, the 60s was a real culture change. So the 50s, none of this stuff is really have very rare to have serial killers, not get no overt gay people, um, no gay bars, those types. I mean, those people were really beat up back in the day. So I think that this is happening in the in the context of a different cultural change and also communication on the internet and the ability to travel is even easier now than maybe it was. So I think that that's why these, I think that there's some kind of communication on some site where they're, you know, somebody learned this MO 
Like, this is what you can do if things go wrong. And there was a really famous case in the UK. It wasn't here. And I've done two interviews with a guy trying to remember his name, but they were out at a bar and there was kind of a group of gay guys and they ran into a guy and his girl and brought them back to his house. It ruined his whole career. I wish I could remember the name. I have to put this in the next in the next iteration. But, but something went wrong. Like the guy died and they threw it in the pool, threw him in the pool as a cover-up. Like, hey, he drowned. And, and nobody believed the story. And it was all hush-hush. But it ruined the guy's career. And he was like a, a famous TV announcer. Do you have any breakdown of, is this primarily, uh, or there, is it primarily young uh, adult homosexuals being targeted? Is there any percentage of knowing of... Of you know is, is is it primarily happening in in young adult homosexual males or 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 or, or what? It's a really good question. I think there's an over preponderance. I haven't done a statistical breakdown, and I'd probably be worthwhile to do that. But I think off the top of my head, like I how what I mean, if the gay population is what ten or twenty percent of the U.S., I would say forty percent of the victims are gay. So I'd say that's an over over-representation based upon the standard sexual tastes of the uh, American male. And and I've seen the standard standard for homosexuality being anywhere between 1% to 2% or as high as 10 Yeah, I've heard that too, Um, right? You know, so who knows, you know. It seems like it's higher just by the media. Well, yes, very much so. Um, And the way society is changing and and, and the way that, um, you know, it's openly being uh, prideful, um, you know, as, as far as it being pushed throughout media. Uh, um, which which is new in the past, roughly twenty odd years, um, and so uh, you know so that's why I was wondering if there it seemed to be more cases because that's one of the patterns that I saw, uh, you know, through the interviews that you've done, and I've listened to other interviews too as well, and books that it seemed to be, uh, you know, more homosexual males that were targeted specifically, um, uh, which you know is, is interesting in and of itself because you wonder if it's. You know, there's an occult side to it um, within, you know, um, for that. I don't know, uh, you know, but it was something that I saw. And uh, and, it, and you're right. It does seem that um, it does seem like they're not being drowned. Like, I guess here's I guess there's another question is, is are they being attacked on their way you know, like wherever they're walking to, are they being drugged and then removed from their domiciles or some of them ever making it to their domiciles? Um, you know, like, because obviously they're not being murdered and just dumped by water. A lot of these young adult males are being tortured, right? So has there been any, like, pattern that you can see where it seems to be... Um, where they may be kidnapped exactly or where it may be occurring? Has has there been any break-ins yeah. to people's domiciles or houses or anything or cars or anything to that That nature? doesn't seem to be it, but it seems like the perps are very aware of where the CCTV cameras are. So they're lurking outside of those areas and maybe waiting for it. And it reminds me of this guy, Reynard Sanaga, because that's what he would do. He would, like, go out at 2 a.m. So he would, like, rest up for his, you know, hunting and then invite people back to his place. Hey, you want to come back for a drink and then drug them and rape them. Uh, so, and he was like the most, they called him in the UK, the most prolific rapist in UK history. 
uh, they don't even know how many victims he had. So I think that they're deaf. Somebody like somebody's thinking, you know, somebody is deaf. It's not, these aren't crimes of passion where somebody gets angry at somebody and, and steps over the line and causes harm to the body. This is something where people are plotting and taking their time and not getting caught. So there may be like, I've surmised like, you know, so they're like, and then you hear these stories about other serial killers. Why did this one live and why didn't this one live? So these people, somebody may have come across these, this this kind of event and didn't know that they were possibly a target to get <laughs> killed. Yeah. Um, any but, co- any connections to snuff films or anything that you normally see with serial killings? Your knowledge? Possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know snuff films exist, so it may be something like that. Like these guys are selected for a snuff film. I don't know. I don't know what goes on if somebody has a dungeon or whatever. But I think that these guys, like some of these. Killers are building these dungeons to use them. And I have a guy in my book, Latunsky, who literally got caught with a like a dead guy in a dungeon. Like, it's off the charts. You wouldn't believe that that was real, but it's like something from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And... Um, we had something out of Leonard so, Lake, right, too, as well. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that's pretty common. Uh, you had that with uh, uh, Rosemary and Fred West in the United Kingdom, and, and they're kind of right. like... Uh, their house where they were kidnapping uh, girls and murdering them and raping them. Um, so you do seem to, and, and again, you see a pattern of um, snuff film and rape pornography and, you know, child pornography, which is ultimately all that's completely disgusting and abhorrent. Um, but you see a pattern in that even with, um, you know, the child abuse cases, whether it's McMartin preschool, whether it's, um, uh, Glendale Monastery old. school, um, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, the serial killers as well too, uh, whether it's Charles Lake, for example, uh, you see a pattern of this stuff being produced. It's obviously going somewhere. Somebody's buying it. Uh, you know, almost makes me think that you know this is you know entertainment for the elite, right? Uh, sickening and disgusting as that is. Um, look at look at the stories of David Geffen, like what he's up to, like the stories that that guy is involved in. For I've heard it from multiple sites. Like it's not normal. Like the normal, like uh, behavior, uh, the stuff that maybe a normal, like go out for a date and take a girl out for three days, you know, whatever. That guy is not on it. Like the support of Den Digital Entertainment Network was put together to rape boys. Like that was it. That was the prerogative. It was never to make entertainment. And all those guys had to go overseas, but Geffen was involved in that. And it just, very different. Very well, a future show uh, of us together will talk about year year Netanyahu, Bibi Netanyahu's son meeting with Brock Pierce in Puerto Rico. We're gonna go go back to Dan, wow. so wow. Uh, wow. which that happened recently while while the war is going over there in, uh, in Israel. Uh, and so, I mean, he seemed that son seems to be a piece of work. I heard that he was like trying to hit people up for money so he could buy a prostitute. Have you heard that? Doesn't surprise me. He also yeah, was a frequent but... visitor of Four Chan and Eight Chan. Here in Netanyahu was that was quite known, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean that's for us to you know have to do a show on Benjamin Shapiro and Netanyahu and Zionism, but um, but I mean it, you know it, it seems you you see these repetitions of these patterns and these names, you know you have uh, snuff films being supposedly shot in Bohemian Grove uh, by um, Hunter S. Thompson, right, and that was given by the testimony of, of Russell T. Nelson um, in the Franklin scandal, um, and so I mean. It seems to me 
And then, of course, you know, I've done shows on Johnny Depp, Hunter S. Thompson, and, and Marilyn Manson, right? You know, and the weird tattoos that they have, and and you know, uh, Johnny Depp saying you can ask Marilyn Manson why he has his, uh, you know, where it looks like uh, what they call the little girl uh, lover tattoo. Um, and so you see that you see these patterns of the elite covering for. Um, crimes being involved in these, you know, uh, um, um, you know, heinous crimes. Um, Everybody, I mean, all the rich people knew Epstein, right? Well, yeah, they I, all lie about it. But Epstein was a known entity; he was a known go-to guy. So they just covered up and baloney about it. That's it, a, that's just one example. Any connection between anybody around West Memphis Three and and the, the Smiley Face killings, as far as like any of the media? Uh, you know, any any anybody who had pushed them as, as being innocent, uh, anything as far as any any works within the media, anything like that. I was just curious. I know it's probably not, but I was I'm still wondering if if you had came across anything. I I, w- I would say there's a lot of strange tattoos. There's no question about that. There is similarities because these people are drowned, and the boys were ritually drowned, right? So maybe there's something like that. The really famous person who was shocks like the conscience is Ed Sheeran. And his bad habits video, which I cover in a section in the book, and the smiley faces are all over that. And a whole, it's a, just a layout of the entirety of the ONA ideology, <laughs> which is not by accident. And then his friendship with uh, Show Me the Horizon, and then their friendship with Grimes, who's the concubine of, of Elon Musk or something. She knows a lot more than uh, they're saying. I've done a show with that. I mean, she that. performed at Hereticon. Which is Peter Thiel's conference? Grimes did a secret oh, show there, right? Um, and um, I mean, there was a lot of weird symbolism in Hereticon, uh, you know, too as well. And Thiel himself, uh, you know, and so I mean, it's it doesn't surprise me that they're all kind of with, adjacent. You know, yeah. yeah, they're adjacent to some strange stuff. It's like six I mean, degrees even, of Ke- yeah. Kevin Bacon with this stuff, right? Right, right. I mean. <laughs> There are just strange, I mean, Hollyweird and the elite, uh, they are very just strange. I mean, I think it's just a way to see it. And, you know, some of them may have very strange tastes. And that's that's just the, that may be, have something involved in this. Like, well, what, what, where, while we're on Hollywood, um, what about uh, Matthew Perry's suspicious uh, right, death right, in, his, right. in his profile pictures on Instagram and Twitter? Uh, do, I mean, it, I, it's it's weird to me i mean very suspicious yeah super suspicious like that's weird like you would go out in a drowning like maybe that's the end like when you've done your work for satan and then the other guys have to do you in i don't know it's weird because you had his instagram picture of him holding a smiley face uh pillow asleep right you know which he supposedly fell asleep in a hot tub and drowned to death right and you have the picture of him previously beforehand on his instagram with an affinity pole and then him you know watching batman uh the new uh movie with robert Rob, robert pattinson it's been out for a few years newish movie should i say and him calling himself Matman and not really posting on instagram and twitter frequently but all of a sudden decided to do so and then and then you had doja cat who's a straight up witch satanistic says that she is she dresses up in a demonic black you know like cat costume on the friend's couch with 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 you know 
demons, you know, written in friends letters with one of the periods missing because Matthew Perry died. You know, it's like, I mean, what are we supposed to think? I don't know. It's just so strange. There's clearly some kind of network, underground network, where these guys know each other. And they do weird things together and they're bound by something. Uh, there's no question about it in my mind. I don't know what it is, whether they're like making some oaths or initiates initiates of some sort, you know, but it's just too weird to explain any other way. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, very, very much so. Um, and it, you know, it does seem like, you know, Satan is becoming more, you know, overt, you know, um, and, you know, and people used to do these um, kind of like these Hollywood decodes. Right. But you don't really even need to do it, you know, anymore, because if, you know, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, obviously, you know, it's it's they say the, the, the Satanism and the occultism is right there out in the open. Like it's just blatantly there. Like it's not hidden anymore at all. Right. Uh, right. You know, and I think that's by design to lead people. Maybe if we're entering into the end times, uh, into the antichrist, which, you know, Saint O'Pierre is an angel of light. Um, I don't know, but it's, it's very interesting that, um, that, that it's, you can pretty much see it now, but I guess there are people that are still blind to it, uh, you know, per se, um but um it is odd it's everywhere it's in almost all the movies and all the references and even like the smiley face my understanding mm -hmm. is that the esoteric meaning is to smile through the tragedy so you may see tragedy wow. around you but you're still going to smile through it so that's kind of like a weird esoteric thing like so people may be dying for the shots or dying early or warfare and it kind of it goes back to the kind of like joker archetype right you just like the the smiling evil like you're supposed to be happy about the evil i think that that something tied in and that is a direct reference to something that i saw like on from an occult like a heavy duty occultist side i'll send it to you but like that's what their explanation is the esoteric explanation of the smiley face is which makes sense smile through the pain as you're being tortured and smaller other people are dying right so oh, yeah. if you're the perpetrator you don't you don't even care. So you're blithe to it. You know, you're just like, Hey, uh, just like the comedian, the attitude of the comedian yep. in Watchmen, that is it. He went to Vietnam to kill and torture and smile about it. That's what he did. And then he had a baby and he killed the mother. Right. So he's the bringer of death. He's like Kali or something, you know, just like that symbol of, uh, Rolling Stones, it's not, that's the symbol of Kali, right? That's mm -hmm. Kali with mm -hmm. her tongue out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that. So, so I guess in closing, um, is there any, where are you moving your research into, into now? Um, um, are you going, I mean, obviously you haven't given up on the case, um, but what, what are you seeing now? Is there anything, you know, new, um, that you're researching specifically to it or anything that you can, or SFK? I'm just yeah. following these kind of cities, but I'd also new type of victims. Like usually, there may be a few African-American guys. There's a lot in Chicago. So people should be, really be aware of Chicago, even if you're black or, you know, in a lot of Indian, South Asian, whatever you want to call it. People from Pakistan are victims. So um, that's kind of what I'm noticing. And we're going through kind of the kill cycles are usually the winter months. So people need to kind of be careful. You say just because there's more people out there during the summer, so there's more visibility? I think so. I think so. Cause it's colder. So there's not as much, you know, people wandering around 
Um, so it's usually there is that kind of cycle. It usually peaks up about uh, winter time or you know over New Year's, and uh, just kind of watching New York City, like the boroughs and stuff like that. But it's not stopping, and the police aren't getting involved. Don't seem to be involved. So people need to kind of just get the word care. out. Pardon me? FBI, FBI how care. they should. Yeah, I know. The DOJ is a joke. I mean, I'm sorry. I wish I could say it was good, but uh, Merrick Garland's doing a terrible job. Of course. I mean, the whole Biden, Biden administration is like a dumpster fire of stupidity. It's incredible. I mean, they're probably but, likely uh, involved in the upper echelons of the United States government <laughs> in this somehow. I mean, so, I mean, of course, they're going to cover it, it up. Wouldn't, and not it wouldn't so. surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me with all the Podesta stuff that came out and Abramovich and all that stuff. That's where they, that's where they go. Like, if you're an occultist and you want worldly power, you go to D.C. or Hollywood. You know, you're not going to a farm in Iowa, you know, yeah, to live yeah. out a comfortable, humble life. So, um, yeah. I think that it's just people need to keep an eye out, be careful, be safe. I mean, we're sliding through the end times of like, just like, so there's people out there with very strange ideas yeah. and people need to, they may not think like you. So um, one question, a lot of nihilism, all that stuff. One question I got is, 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 is the smiley face seen in the killings that are outside of the United States of America? It's a really good question. Um, Cause the cultural differences more- and everything. I can't think of anything that comes to mind, like in the UK or anything like, and they might not be like looking at them, but uh, it's a really good question. I, I Nothing really comes to mind with, with right off the bat that there's a smiley face in some of these killings. So pretty much your criteria if it fits the killings is, if I remember correctly, at night, um, they're, they're found near a body of water um, that um, that they're that they were alone. Um, and that there was another part with water. I don't remember, uh, what it was. You had to list in your book. Well, they're not, they're not saying no one I'm saw going them explaining. enter the water. Should I yeah, say? No, one saw, no one ever sees these victims, these people go into the water. There's not one who like says, Oh, I saw Bob jump in. And that, that should be telling. Well, most times happens in the winter. Why would someone jump into a body of water generally, especially in a colder climate anyway? Right. But like that's the whole thing. Like you, I, I address this whole. People always send me this Center for Homicide Research that supposedly debunks the phenomenon, but they don't explain that. Like, why isn't anybody seeing them go in the water or struggle or say I'm going to go for a swim? Like that's a joke. And they also that that there's all kinds of problems with that document, factual shortcomings and things like that. But yeah, it's it, this. This is. A new type of crime is really really how I would define it. And it solves a problem if somebody's like a killer or something or has that mentality of where do you put the body? Well, you can you can get away with killings by just putting them in water and making the police think it's an accident. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys were, I mean, there's been incredible killers. I had an author, McDonough, on my show, and we talked about this guy. There was like a spate of freeway killers or killers in L.A., and one of the guys' name was Kraft, and they think he had a hundred victims. It's never brought up. Wow. And it may just be, yeah, it may not be culturally astute because he his target victims were men. He was a gay, he was a gay serial killer. And McDonough told me flat out, there's no way that he did it all by himself that whole time. And the reason why is because one of the victims was felt was found on the side of a highway and McDonough said, there's no way somebody could have pushed him out the window 
and drove driven at the same time. You can't push a 150 pound body out the window. So somebody else had to have done it. Yeah, I got I got but someone whatever. who I don't know. I have you ever interviewed uh, Rory Radcliffe by chance? I don't even know. Who I that think is, that but... might be a good interview for you, William. Uh, that you would be able to get that I might not be able to. He was the pastor to Jeffrey Dahmer, because I believe Jeffrey Dahmer actually became born again in prison uh, through right, uh, Roy right. Ratcliffe's testimony, and as well as the, the numerous hours of video, uh, of, of audio that you can go listen to of, of Dahmer uh, that he had recorded. Um, and I think that would actually be a really good interview f- uh, for you, because you might ask questions that, and he has been interviewed before uh, by other Christians, but I think you might ask him some questions uh, due, due to your um, you know, investigation uh background uh that maybe they he was there answered. he's he was just interviewed four months ago so i see his face ratcliffe r-a-t-c-l-i-i mm-hmm. i think that would be an excellent interview if you could do that uh because you might ask him some questions that other people wouldn't necessarily ask him about Dahmer. um and so i think that would be a pretty cool interview um since, yeah, we're, all, so. since we're talking about serial killers <laughs> so uh uh, William, can you tell everybody, uh, uh, you know, of course, where they can find you, where they can find your excellent book? Obviously, it's on Amazon. Um, you know, uh, you know your documentaries too, as well. I saw that you're, you know, putting them up for purchase on Patreon too, uh, which I am a happy subscriber uh, to you on Patreon. Anybody listening, I, I, I definitely encourage you to do so. Um, uh, where can they find find your uh, work at? Patreon, William Ramsey Investigates. If you sign on, you can watch all my documentaries for free. You don't even have to pay for them. It's just part of the mm-hmm. thing. And I send you free books, too. So, like, you... Uh, I can attest like to that. Paying, <laughs> so, uh, paying in advance for books. And it helps finance me writing books. So, I mean, I have a couple books on the horizon. I have a podcast that's in the top 0.5% in the world called William Ramsey Investigates. I cover a lot of different stuff, not just the smiling face killers. Um, and then my books are available on Amazon. My website is WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. And I usually like around social media, Twitter or something like that. So uh, I am definitely around if people have any questions. Or yes. And I definitely want to thank you for coming on. We've read the documents, William, of course, your show. Uh, tonight later um, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on, on freeworld.fm. So if anybody listening, uh, definitely uh, go check out uh, William's body of work. I, I cannot uh, suggest it uh, to you enough, um, anybody out there. And, um, you know, um, up next will be uh, Don Jeffries, um, which you know, I'll definitely be listening uh, to uh, Don as well with I Protest. Um, and then, of course, uh, after William tonight is uh, the great Jimmy Jean, and Epic Journeyman into the Microcosm, which I'm a big fan of Jimmy Jean and, and Epic. Shout out to the both of them. Uh, so I'll be listening to as well. Um, but uh, God bless everybody who's listening. Uh, see you um, uh, this time. Actually, maybe not next week because next week I will be out of town for the Thanksgiving holidays. But definitely the Friday after next. Um, and uh, take care, everybody. Um, and uh, talk to you again real soon. Bye.